Seth, Seth, Seth. Mark, 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 Mark. Seth and Mark, Mark and Seth. The adventures of Seth and Mark. Good morning, mutants. Welcome back to another episode of The Adventures of Seth and Mark. I'm Seth. I'm Mark. And this is The, the Adventures, Adventures of, of Seth, Seth and Mark. Mark. God, butcher. <laughs> I completely butchered our intro. Uh, today's episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete is the day of the dot. Dot, dot, dot. Now, Mr. Seth, if you could please tell me the date that this episode aired. Picture this, Sicily, December 5th, 1993. This is our honeymoon. Dude, no joke. Okay, Sicily, December 5th. Top song, again, by Janet Jackson. Hell yeah. Don't know it, never heard it. Only song by Janet Jackson, I was Scream. That's a Michael Jackson song featuring Janet Jackson. Off the top rope, Janet Jackson, kind of a scrub. Michael Jackson, he's the king of the family. Top tier. Games released December of 1993. We have for the arcades, NBA Jam. Did you ever play NBA Jam? Hell yeah, dude. I had it for Super Nintendo. NBA Jam was the stuff, I'm man. pretty sure I had it for, I think it was Sega or Nintendo 64. I always liked the fact that you could choose Dennis Rodman and change his hair color. Did you know that that game was actually coded to where the Chicago Bulls would lose? I think it's against the Detroit Pistons. But uh, if you picked, like, the Chicago Bulls, you could never beat, like, one team or something like that. It's really interesting. But anyway. No, I had no idea. I would like to download or buy that game just to try that out, really. NBA Jam was sick. The next game that we have is for the Sega Nothing came out in December for the Sega. And that's not a game. And then for PC, we got Doom. Oh. Never played Doom. Once again, I'm not a PC person. Don't know anything about it. Well, Doom, you can play on anything, man. All right, let me rephrase. I'm not a video game person. I can't tell you anything about it. No. December 1993. Top movie. Picture this. Okay. Movie theater. Got your big bucket of popcorn. I can smell it. Got the hole in the bottom of it. Yeah, so it's getting all over my pants. You got your soda, probably, Mr. Pibb. Absolutely. That's the only thing you can really go for. Absolutely. It's the best uh, soda on the face of the planet. You got your airheads. Yep. Got to have something besides popcorn. I'll probably go with nerds, to be honest with you. Okay, okay. Jurassic Park. Woo! Never seen it. Me neither. Never, never have I seen that movie. I've never seen Jurassic Park. Everybody's told me how great it is. Everybody tells, you know, talks about how it's a core childhood memory. I never cared about Jurassic Park. I was a dinosaur fan because, you know, Power Rangers was my thing. Yeah. But I just, my mom wouldn't take me to see it. By the time the movie was out on VHS, I had no interest in it because if I want to look at Power Rangers... I mean, dinosaurs. You just watch Power Rangers? Those are Power Rangers. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. That's all we got for December of 93. All right, well, I guess uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody watching at home. They're more listening. Yeah, they're more listening, aren't they? Go ahead and pop a squat, take a seat, 
We're going to pop in that VHS and rewind time all the way back. December 5th, 1993, you said? 93. December 5th. And we're going to grab the remote, press play, and let's jump into this episode. Once again, as you could hear, the lovely tunes of the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Forgot to address this last time. Uh, the theme song is made by a band named Miracle Legion, who later on became the house band for the Adventures of Pete and Pete, named Polaris. If you like the song, I highly recommend going to YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Type in the adventures of Seth and Mark and make sure you hit follow. But then also type in Polaris and you will find the album, the songs of the adventures of Pete and Pete. It's like a nine to ten song album. Solid. Solid work for a band who literally was only supposed to put out a theme song. The whole series is decked with that whole album on repeat. Different spots, different songs. So we're going to go ahead and start. Mark, fill us in on Day of the Dot. All right, so we have your usual breakdown. Big Pete is giving his usual narration. Um, the Fighting Squid's marching band is uh, something that Big Pete is a part of. As everybody knows, being members of the marching band, you get no respect from the rest of the school, despite the fact that, you know... Marching band's a sport. I will die on that hill. I was not a band kid, but I will die on the hill of the marching band's a sport. I'm not the. I'm not on that same hill. I kind of don't feel like it's a sport. Yep, you're right. They definitely don't exercise twice as hard as the football team. <laughs> That's true. I, I said that sarcastically because I was a part of the football team watching <laughs> watching the marching band have to exercise on the hot-ass concrete <laughs> when it's 110 degrees outside while we were in the weight room. <laughs> and anyway... Anyway, uh, of course, you know, uh, we have that sick intro, that sick song. I did notice something this time. In the intro, that garden gnome looks like he is over the shit. What shit, I don't know, but that garden gnome is sick and tired of whatever the hell's going on around him. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, my friend. Also in the opening, uh, Big Pete's best friend, Ellen, is finally introduced. Uh, I say finally, even though it's just the second episode, but she was not a part of the, the first episode, so... She didn't get it like a character introduction. So anyway, uh, after the opening thing, we cut to science class. Uh, both uh, Big Pete and Ellen are in science class. They're making uh, 
a comment about the video that they're watching. It's about two atoms uh, forming together. And uh, Ellen makes a comment about this to Big Pete. Ellen is thirsty for Pete at this part of the episode. Would you uh, would you say she may or may not be romantically inclined towards Big Pete at this time? Now, I know you said thirsty, but uh, you know we've all been teenagers before. So would you say romantically inclined? So like I said before in the last episode, I've seen all of Pete and Pete. And it's kind of come and go with her. It's wishy-washy. They're, you know, best friends or don't know if they want to be more than friends or not. But in this episode, I definitely think that she wants, she definitely wants to pee. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. So Ellen definitely makes a comment about uh, the video, which can be taken romantically or in Seth's case, sexually, uh, towards Big Pete. Uh, they find out after science class that they are the finalists in the regional marching band championship. And uh, their marching band instructor, who sounds like a deranged cult leader, is the one informing them of all this. And apparently back in, uh, I don't remember the exact year, but I think he said 67. I believe so. In uh, 1967, he had a chance to win the regional marching band championship, uh, but it failed. And now here we are in 93, Jesus Christ, this man needs to retire already. Uh, hasn't uh, aged a bit, really. Hasn't aged a bit. See, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, there's no way this man was teaching marching band in 67 and in 93 and still looks like that. But anyway. Uh, have you ever been in a cult? Speaking of cults, have you ever been in one? Uh, depends on what your definition of cult is. Well, like, I, I've been to church. Uh some people may think that's a cult. Yeah, yeah. But have you ever been in a cult? I mean, I've been to church. Okay. You know. There's your answer. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, our two protagonists thus far, Ellen and Big Pete, discover that Ellen must dot the I in squid. It's part of their uh, marching band routine. They're going to spell out squid, and she's going to be the dot in the I. That's a privilege, I feel like. Getting to be the dot, you that's, kind of stand alone. That's a pretty big deal. You're standing alone. You know, it's very, uh, very solid thing. Uh, but uh, more pressing issues, and if you ask me, this is a bigger issue than her being the dot in the I, okay? Little Pete has problems. <laughs> <laughs> and by Little Pete has problems, I mean his heartbroken bus driver has kidnapped the children. Stu Benedict. And <laughs> is proceeding to drive them around town and talk about all the places that him and his uh, former bus driver girlfriend used to hang out. Uh, they separated, so the man is completely heartbroken and has kidnapped children to overcome his intense grief. I, I don't know if I'd say kidnapped. I what mean, else would you call it? I mean, he drops the kids off. No. It just shows them all the places. At what point did he drop Little Pete off in this episode? There's a spot where the, all the kids are off the bus except for Pete, so he's clearly dropped them off. Or He's on his way them. to drop Pete off, I believe. Maybe. But tell me you've never been in so much love, and then you break up, and you don't think to yourself, we ate tacos at that Taco Bell together. You know, we we got soda from that gas station together. Yeah. I got Dick Floppy in that parking lot. I mean, I see your point. I see your point. He's you know, just the back showing. Seat, the back seat of uh, that uh, Chevy 
Nova. Uh, I was just going to say an Impala. The backseat of that Chevy Impala never uh, never looked the same. So Stu Benedict driving everyone around. Yep. Look here, look here. They over it. They were so over it. Lil Peep's definitely over it. He uh, proudly and uh, a bit agitated proclaims, deal with it, dipwad. <laughs> Uh, to no no effect, the bus driver just ignores him and proceeds to continue driving these children around to all these random locations around town. Uh, so, Little Pete has been kidnapped. Big Pete is dealing with the band. Um, and we discover that Ellen no longer, as you put it, no longer wants Big Pete's peen. She has a Markle now. As in Markle Jr. Now, I know I didn't say the band director's name. Uh, his name is uh, Markle. And uh, was it his nephew? It's his nephew. It's his nephew. His nephew, uh, Markle Jr., is also in band. And uh, you know what? He's, he's got the moves, you know. Uh, Markle Jr. brings up Ellen's zits. Ellen is embarrassed. But he plays it off with the Riz, man. He literally looks like a Nickelodeon version of Zach Morris. That checks, yeah. He's a good-looking little blonde kid yeah. in a denim jacket. With a terrible first name. Markle. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I get it now. I actually think Markle's his last name. But... Oh. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Ellen is slowly becoming one with the dot. She is uh, transcending her soul and spirituality and becoming one with a fictional uh, choreography dot. Big Pete has decided to sabotage the band and begins playing different band music. Uh, the music summons Artie. If you guys can remember, Artie is the world's strongest man. No, we went over this before. He's not the world's strongest man? He's Artie, the strongest man in the world. We went over this. That's the same thing I just said, just in a different cadence. Get it right or pay the price. All right, fair enough. Anyway, so the music summons Artie, who begins dancing. Uh... The music snaps Ellen out of her trance momentarily. No longer does she want Markle. She wants Big Pete instead. Uh, but Markle, the band director, not the love, the secondary love interest for Ellen, punishes the entire band for Pete's betrayal. This is so relatable. Like, she's torn between Markle and Big Pete. And, like, I've never been torn between two women before. But one time I went to Taco Bell, and I was like, do I get a Crunchwrap or a quesadilla? And I just had to follow my heart. Yeah. And I feel like at this point in the show, Ellen's kind of blinded by the opportunity to be the doc to really follow her heart. So I'm rooting for you, Ellen. Like, just follow your heart, girl. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Just follow your heart, you know? It never leads you wrong, except when it does. Um, so, Markle, the band director, punishes the entire band for Big Pete's betrayal. Uh, Big Pete, as a last-ditch effort, tries to snap Ellen out of her hypnosis. He brings up the hydrogen atoms from science class and how they mixed into nuclear fusion. Ellen is mad, and friendships are hard. Meanwhile, in the background, you can see Markle Jr. is showing up. He's there in the background. He's watching all this happen, and he's like, yeah, you ain't going to break her out of that trance. 
You know, it's a little rapey, honestly, when you think about it. It is. No means no. Everyone at home, remember, no means no. No means no. Uh, Unless it's opposite day. Then it's no means no, and yes is not allowed. Anyway, moving on from uh, that, we're back at Little Pete. He is still kidnapped, and he tries to give the bus driver thousands of dollars to bribe him to stop. Where the fuck did he get that money? At his age, I was lucky to have ten bucks to my name. No, yeah, this man, like, this man, this eight-year-old rolls up with, like, five grand. He's trying to bribe the man to stop. You'll learn not to question little Pete. Uh, absolutely. He, he knows people. Uh, we cut back away from that again to Big Pete and Merkel. They fight, and Big Pete loses after being pushed. Uh, we cut back again to little Pete. He gives up on going home. Cut back to Big Pete. There's a lot of cuts back and forth. Big Pete gets very emotional, very scientific, compares himself to, or compares himself and Ellen to a bomb that never went off. Tick, tick, boom. Without the boom. Yeah, with no boom, because they didn't get to go. Big Pete! Like, I noticed this in the first episode, but he, like, legitimately, the writers wrote him very poetically. Like, the way he speaks about things is very poetic. That's honestly, literally <laughs> probably one of my favorite parts of the adventures of Pete and Pete is the monologues yeah. that Pete has. They're kind of, like, beautiful. Some of them are sad, but they're just like, this is worded really well for a young teenage kid. It is. It's worded really well, and it feels really authentic to how a kid uh, would describe those things, right? But wait, wait till we get to the end of summer episodes or the Halloween episodes. Those are engraved in my mind. Like, I think about them. Fall rolls around, I think about Big Pete's monologue. Hitting the summer rolls around, I think about Big Pete's monologue. It's top tier. Little Pete manages to manipulate both his bus driver and his bus driver's girlfriend, who is also a bus driver, into uh, falling in love again. Bus driver Sally. Uh, the bus drivers, uh, specifically Little Pete's bus driver, is impressed with his former bus driver girlfriend's ability to perform a four-point U-turn, which... I wrote that in my notes because I thought it was funny, but in retrospect, if you're driving a big-ass school bus and you can do a four-point U-turn really well, I'd also be impressed, I think. My mother-in-law is a school bus driver, and she said that it was stressful, and the best time of her career was when she drove the special ed bus, the short bus, because the kids were very well-behaved. But every bus I've been on, kids are wild and ruckus and they're yelling and they're cussing and they're just obnoxious I don't think I could drive a straight line let alone do a U-turn absolutely the bus drivers move their buses closer to each other to show their interest in one another um, we get back to uh, their love and you know they get back together all is right in the world and it just so happens that little Pete managed to get them back at the band show that the state uh, championships are being played at, or the regional championships, I should say. I Hell should say. yeah. So now Little Pete is there to support his brother, Big Pete, and his big state championship. Uh, big Pete has decided that he is going to entirely sabotage the whole thing, just throw away the regional championship, all to win Ellen back. Artie is also in band and plays a pipe. I have no idea what kind of 
fucking pipe this is, <laughs> but it's a pipe. <laughs> you don't put anything past Artie. Never put anything past Artie. Uh, Big Pete manages to form the band into nuclear fusion. The announcer advises everyone to stay in their place <laughs> to avoid being hurt. Uh, Pete, Nell, and Kiss, all is right in the world. Merkel Jr. gets crushed like a nerd. And that's the end of the episode. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, you forgot to point out, I'm pretty sure they kiss. I did say that they kiss. Did you kiss? Did you, yeah, uh, I just... said Big Pete, Nell, and Kiss, all is right in the world. All right, I stand corrected. I know. So that is all of Day of the Dot, episode two of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. We're going to go over a couple of small things to cover actors and stuff like that. Um, my big question for you, were you ever friends with any marching band kids? I was. I was fans with a few marching band kids. Uh, my wife currently uh, is not in marching band, but she was a marching band kid. That'd be uh, sick if she was still in marching band almost 30. Yeah. No. Maybe. She taught marching band, actually. Did she? Yeah. Um, I kind of wish she would... Uh, you know, kind of pursue that dream of hers. But uh, my wife was in marching band. She was in the color guard, mm -hmm. and dude, she can handle a stick. She's got rifles or whatever they're called. She's got the flags or whatever they're called. The, yeah, the flags or whatever. My nephew, shout out to my nephew who plays the trombone. He's a tromboner. Get it? He plays the same instrument as Big Pete. My sister-in-law played the same instrument as Ellen. It was a French horn, wasn't it? It is a French horn. Uh, and then my mother-in-law, like I said, was a school bus driver, like bus driver Stu and bus driver Sally. So I really, this episode touches home. But when I was in school, I did not, I was not friends with any of the band kids. Nothing against the band kids. I just thought maybe they were a little weird. But <laughs> heck, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Them color guard girls, they could get it. You know what I'm saying? All right, dude. <laughs> anyway, so that was the Adventures of Pete and Pete, episode two. A couple of people I want to talk about. One is Allison Finelli, a.k.a. Ellen. She was a staple on this show. Pretty sure she was on the entire series. Um, I looked her up after Pete and Pete. It seems like she may have just vanished because there's no more information about Ellen. Second person I went over was Bus Driver Stu. A.K.A. Damien Young. Damien. He uh, went on to do a few shows. <clears throat> he was on six episodes of Law & Order from 1999 to 2023. And then he was on some show called Ozark for 21 episodes from 2018 to 2022. Have you ever seen Ozark? I watched a few episodes of it. What the heck is that? It's a, uh, what's it about? Yeah. Uh, let me think. This guy, he's like in league with like either the mafia or something, some crime organization, syndicate, whatever. Okay. And uh, he promised them he was going to get this much money. Didn't work out. And then like his buddy had talked about how they could make a bunch of money in the Ozarks. So he moves his whole family out to the Ozarks. Finds out he can't really make a whole lot of money that way. 
And uh, I don't really remember a whole lot of it. I think I watched like maybe two episodes. But So uh, it's not about the coolers you could buy at Walmart? It is not about coolers you could buy at Walmart. I was thoroughly disappointed when I found that out. That's, that let me down. Yeah, was not a fan. But anyway. Let me ask you, Mark. Yeah. <clears throat> IMDb gave this episode a 8.3 out of 10. Yeah. You and I talked about this episode after we watched it. Yep. We both kind of agree it's a little sadder than the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Definitely doesn't have like the... Kind of like the fun moments. Like I said, like, I there's some parts that, like, made me feel, like, a little uncomfortable. Like I said, Merkel legit seemed a little rapey in a few different ways. Yep. And that shit makes me uncomfortable, especially in a kid's show. Um, very manipulating, like his uncle in the cult. Yeah. Don't very, drink the Kool-Aid. Very manipulating, and, like, no jokes aside, not cool with uh, rapey characters in kid shows. Nope. Um, what would you rate this episode up, Tim? So it's kind of hard to rate it because I've only watched two episodes. Um, I, but this is just me because like, I still think the story was good. still think everything they did was good. I thought, you know, uh, Big Pete and Ellen's, you know, like little character arc that they had during the episode was really good. Their kiss at the end was like really heartfelt. Makes you feel really good. I'm going to give it a six. Six out of ten. Okay. That's pretty, I mean... Considering you've only seen two episodes, you don't have much to go off of, I will agree. But I've seen all the episodes, and I would give it a six and a half. Okay. It's kind of one of the, in my opinion, there's a lot that happens, but it's kind of a sadder show, like a sadder episode. I'm not trying to be a kid, taking my time in on a rainy day to watch the adventures of Pete and Pete, and worry about someone's love story. That just didn't do anything for me. Now, the bus driver love story, I can get behind it because it's funny. But Big Pete, no, and you'll find out he's kind of thirsty for love as the show goes on. But you said you'd give it a six. I'd give it a six. I'd give it a six and a half. That's a 12 and a half out of 10. That's pretty good. That's solid, I suppose. What, uh, well, we didn't do the first episode. We didn't. We should, uh, also rate the first episode real quick, I guess. We're going to retroactively rate the Day of the Dot. Let me see if I can find out real quick what IMDb rated the the King of Road. King of Road. Mark, entertain the listeners. I don't really have anything to entertain the listeners. Sorry about our little technical difficulty we had there. So we are going to rate King of the Road, episode one. IMDb gives it a 7.9 out of 10. Mark, what would you give it? Well, 7.9 is actually kind of surprising. I'm surprised that it's uh, lower than Day of the Dot. I was um, thrown off by that also. I would give that one like an 8.5. I found it really entertaining. Um, and it is a great introduction to uh, the show, I think. Uh, unlike you, I do like love stories like in uh, shows like that, but... I don't know. The way the day of the diet was done is kind of not my cup of coffee, you know. Um, but King of uh, King of Road, easy 8.5, very entertaining episode. Lots of fun stuff happens and a very good introduction to a lot of the main cast. So, okay. I was a fan. So, I know I've said this a few times, but I've seen every episode multiple times. So, I'm just trying to put myself back into 
what it would have been like as a kid to watch this show because I feel like the new kind of wears off after you've seen the show. Um, I think a solid eight would be where I'd go with it. I like the fact that it's kind of just weird. Yeah. Uh, weird and... <sighs> now I, think, I don't think I'm going to change it from an eight to probably like an 8.2 just because I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of the weirdness. Okay. And I'm... Fan of the weirdness, fan of the weird scores. Gotcha. You just don't you don't see <clears throat> stuff like this on TV anymore. No, not at all. It's all about kids acting, and they're going to have hidden personalities, and they're going to grow up, and next thing you know, they're releasing songs on iTunes, and they're going on world tours. So it's like every TV show. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's a great tangent, and I want to jump off on that. You make a very valid point. Like, this show is so dramatically... That person's car says bitchmobile on the top of it. Hell yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this car, this car, this show is so dramatically different from like TV shows now, right? Yes. It's exactly what you said. Like shows now are like almost all share the same formula of kid goes to school. It could be like just a regular school or it could be like a, a performance art school or whatever. A school um, to be a wizard. Yeah. And they're not um, very popular. They're shy, whatever. Uh, but they have a, a talent. They're really good at singing or they're really good at acting or whatever. And, you know, that becomes the focal point of the show is that they're going to become this actor. They're going to become the singer. They're going to become whatever. They're going to become famous. That's always the plot line is the, the shy kid who uh, isn't very popular has this amazing ability and now they're popular and they're going to become famous. And that's not what The Adventures of Pete and Pete is. The Adventures of Pete and Pete, to me, feels like a kid explaining their day to you. Yes, it's very real. Yeah. It, for like all the weirdness that happens in it, it's very down to earth. And I don't know how they managed to capture that in the writing, but they did. Like, it's super down-to-earth while also still, like, having that same imagination that a kid would have. I, uh, I think the weirdest thing about it, but it's still kind of relatable, is Artie. You know, I don't, I don't know anyone who really has a superhero. But I did have a gay cousin named Jim who yep. went to jail for blank checks and carried a purse. So, I mean, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with each other. So... It just hits home, like, you and I are both older to where we didn't watch Hannah Montana or yeah. any of those other shows, but I feel like shows these days literally, and it's kind of funny, not funny, but it's kind of sad, I got a dark humor. It's like Nickelodeon and Disney kind of groom their children to take the limelight after acting and go straight into like music or yeah. something like that, so it's almost like... I don't know. These kids definitely didn't go into writing songs or anything like that. You know, they went on to other Nickelodeon shows. But it's just I don't know. I don't I don't see the same oomph in shows these days. They just seem very soulless. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Copy and paste. Uh the show did it different and I just love it. It, it like I said last week. It molded me into who I am today. Yeah. So, Mark, that has been episode two of the adventures of Pete and Pete, Day of the Dot. 
Next week, we have, or excuse me, the next time we record, we have The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Nightcrawlers. Anything pop in your head when I say Nightcrawlers? Uh, the, the bug? Sure. The X-Men superhero? Okay. Well, I guess you'll have to tune in next time to see what The Adventures of Pete and Pete hold for us. But until then, be kind. This has been a 90s rewind of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Once again, we're your host, Seth. And Mark. This has been The Adventures, Adventures of, of Seth, Seth and Mark. Mark. Hey, you did it right this time. I did.